Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Harbor Technology Group's A Perfect Storm podcast. Uh, super stoked to have Mike DeCock with me today. Mike is the founder and CEO, or CEO and founder, I'm not sure which way you say it, um, CEO and founder of MJD Advisors. Um, Mike and I uh, were introduced um, as part of some SOC 2 efforts uh, with uh, with a client, now, now mutual client. Um, so I asked Mike to come on and talk about SOC 2, which is clearly something that we're hearing a lot about here at Harbor. I, as I just told Mike, it's it's probably uh, every other client we talk to, new client and even existing clients who are asking us about SOC 2. So Mike, uh, thanks a ton for, for joining me. I'm uh, excited to, to have the conversation today. Uh, so take a, just a second to tell us a little bit about MJD um, Advisors, what you guys do, et cetera. I think I kind of gave it away, but uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you, Matt, and, and an absolute sure. pleasure to be here. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to get to get to talk to you, uh, if nothing else. The CEO founder thing, by the way, my wife's gonna laugh. She actually corrected an email from me the other day because I had it in the wrong order. So I, I'm still not sure which one's the better, <laughs> better direction. Right. Uh, so, so at, at MJD Advisors, I, I actually I, I just founded. We, we are a CPA firm. Uh, specializing in in SOC 2 and primarily working with technology companies and uh, and most of most of which are kind of startup uh, in the cloud SaaS space. Uh, I, I founded the firm in August of last year, uh, and and for you know the first seven eight months it was just me and I actually just doubled in size uh, hiring my my first. Uh, senior manager, Chris Giles. Um, you know, the, the whole idea, founding principle behind the firm is we're going to be highly focused, specialized on SOC 2, working with this one specific audience. I think I used to joke that like that, you know, cloud professionals really demand that specific expertise, but I don't think it's specific to them. I think anyone we work with in a consultant right. capacity, you, you want them just thinking about that one thing. And so it's specializing in that area. And also kind of, as we were talking about before the, we, we jumped on here, this, the, the demand for this service uh, it, it is, it, I mean, it is, it is almost a must have table stakes, uh, for a cloud product and you get to work with really smart people that just need help understanding what it is they need to do to get through SOC 2, which, which becomes kind of part of, part of what I spend most of my time doing is right. just explaining what the service is and what it is not. Right, right. Exactly. Um, and, and when you'd say explain not only your services, but like the, the SOC, the SOC ecosystem, the SOC 2 ecosystem. I mean, it's funny how many people, 
when I get emails about it, how it's written incorrectly or referenced incorrectly. I mean, it's like you just said, it's it's almost a must have and such a must have that people aren't even sure what it's called. They just know they need it. Right. So they're just SOC and or SOX because they get it confused with Sarbanes, whatever it might be. But they you're just hearing about it. So can we clear up a little bit of what SOC 2 is and what it is not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, as I said, it, it's literally, it's really important to have that foundational understanding because from there, I mean, you have, you have to know the kind of what you're accountable to, what you're held to, uh, to get to make decisions to have kind of the most efficient and effective program. Um, yeah. So I think one thing you, you hear in the marketplace, SOC 2, I, we are SOC 2 certified. What's interesting is the AICPA has explicitly said you're not supposed to do that, that this is and not it, a certification. It, and AICPA is the governing body that, right. Yeah, right. yes, yes. So, so the, the service was, it, it was, was created by the AICPA. It, it is, you have to be a CPA to sign the report. You do not have to be a CPA to be involved. And so there are a number of cybersecurity professionals uh, that help in the space. Um, but it is, it is largely a reporting framework. They, that there is a, a, a list of, of controls, of criteria, of trust service criteria that uh, you have to evaluate, make decisions, implement controls kind of to meet your risk just as you're designing a security program. But there's not a, a, an explicit list of requirements that you have to implement. It's all built around this concept of uh, I, what I'm auditing against is, are you meeting what are known as service commitments uh, and system requirements? And, and, and the kind of the basic, most easy way to understand that is, if you are communicating to your customers, we are doing an annual penetration test. Well, at that point, you are required to have an annual penetration test, and I have to audit against it. If, if you think about it as as opposed to that kind of security due diligence uh, checklist that I'm sure you're very familiar with and help your help your clients get through. Instead of just handing that to someone, you can hand a nice report that has my opinion on it that says like, yes, they are doing all these things and I've audited in accordance with these standards uh, to, to double check that. So um, so SOC 2, there's SOC 1 and SOC 3, which I, I we, we you and I just talked about it briefly before we got on where we're gonna talk about them. We'll set them aside for now. So SOC 2, security focused, on implementing the set, this framework to secure what you do, right? Kind of secure the, do the right thing from a security perspective. Um, and you come in and attest that somebody is doing exactly that. There, uh, help me, I'm trying to put it in lay terms and I'm doing a terrible job. But um, if, if their common criteria says you shall do X, Y, and Z, you, have that as kind of a guidepost, but some of it may or may not apply, but you set your own rules that then the auditor comes in and measures against. Like, that, I think that's where people get a little bit confused um, with, are there, is it hard and fast or is it a little bit more malleable based on the type of data you, you're, you know, you're housing, the type of business you're in, et cetera? Yeah, and part of part of the challenge is because of kind of the the level of sophistication in the marketplace regarding security that right. they are leaning heavily on consultants and external parties to tell them what to do, and there's a lot of noise and you know <laughs> challenges and, and and sales pitches, and uh, it, it's just a lot. It's just very confusing. 
Um, so, but in, in, in the most perfect sense, if you, if you have a very formal information security program where you've done a risk assessment, you've identified what your controls are, you've established those procedures and written you know, information security policies, that's what I'm auditing against. Uh, that's the perfect world. What happens today is generally a client is doing a lot of the right things. And again, work with really smart people that understand security, but don't have that formal policy put in place. Right. And so they're kind of doing it backwards and they're taking, you know, policies from, you know, compliance automation platforms, who is kind of who I do the primary amount of work, uh, the primary focus of my work. Um, and you're writing policies and establishing, okay, what is, what does make sense for kind of our size, our complexity, the sensitivity of our data. We're formalizing that in a large report that's, you know, can be as, you know, from 30 to hundred pages, that's gonna describe, here's our system, here's us customers. And it describes kind of the people, the processes, the technology, and that's what's used to audit against. And, and the whole idea of the document then is in your, when your customers are doing vendor management, they can give feedback. They can tell you, like, we'd really like to see this done quarterly, or we would really like to see a penetration test, or here's a right. vulnerability scan you should consider. Uh, it's really meant to be kind of a transparency uh, type document as well as accountability. Right. So, and, and having, you know, helped our clients and navigate the cybersecurity space, both from a compliance standpoint and just for security for security's sake, you know, we've, we've implemented a number of frameworks with our clients to help measure both security effectiveness and risk, et cetera. Um, SOC 2 really takes that and formalizes it and has an unbiased third party come in that has auditing skill and has been blessed by, in this case, the AICPA, come in and say, yes, they do have this program. And yes, they are doing what they say they're going to do in their policy and their service descriptions, et cetera. Right? That's, that's essentially it. That's actually, that's, that's really well said. Yeah, 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 that's, that's really accurate. And, and they're basically kind of what there's, you know, there's a lot of documentation and words that get into kind of how this is all presented. Um, but you kind of get to that type one, type two, SOC two concepts in a type one exam. What I'm opining on is I'm saying, yes, all of these controls are in place as of this specific day. And the controls are designed to meet those service commitments, which is again that saying what right. what the company is communicating to customers. That's all happening. And then what you generally do is you move into a type two report, which is adding kind of over this period of time, I audited and these controls were operating effectively, and and as opposed to that kind of point in time. Right. So this is so type one is point in time, as you said. Type two. The reason type two exists is because some things can't be measured in point in time because they're 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 done over a period of time like an annual pen test or a quarterly vulnerability scan or whatever is appropriate it's it's like brushing your teeth right before you go to the dentist doesn't make you a teeth brusher in general right <laughs> <laughs> that's really that that's is right. really yeah. well said yeah yeah so <laughs> right so we all scrub our teeth before we go see the dentist, like, oh, he'll think we're doing a really good job or she'll think we're doing a really job really good job because it's point in time measurement but really what we need to be doing is brushing our teeth all the time. Uh, so that's the difference between type one and type two. So from your perspective, uh, this is kind of an easy question to answer. Type one, is there value in a type one in the marketplace? Like, are you, so when you work with clients and they're, they're producing their type one, 
um, and they're sharing it with their clients, there's some value in it, right? So it, 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 compliance, it, it really should just be used as a tool to meet customer needs. And right. so that's the conversation that I have regularly is if this report is going to meet the needs of your customers or governance or, you know, people you're raising money from, let's put it together. And, it, and what, what's really nice is it does give you kind of that trophy, uh, that, that nice deliverable. And so you don't have to wait kind of three months, six months to operate those controls and walk away. Um, in, in practice, I, a lot of times my engagement letter to say, you know, we're going to provide this type two service over this period of time tends to be, um, you know, meet a similar need is that a client wants to know, a customer wants to know you're headed down the path towards type two. That tends to be the focus today. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard it described very similarly um, that the type one slash engagement letter are the kind of, you've set the stake in the ground. Now your, your customers or your board or your investors know you're serious about it and you have intention to go complete the, the effort. So they, if for lack of a better way of putting it, they'll give you a little bit of a respite, like, okay, you've got a six month window to get through type two or you know, a year window to get through type two or three months to get through type two, whatever it might be. Speaking of, help, help our listeners understand what the monitoring period means, because I know that the most, most, uh, most clients, or excuse me, most vendors that are doing SOC 2 type two are, used, are doing it on an annual basis, like a 12 month monitoring period. Why are some monitoring period, periods shorter? Well, it's kind of the, the standard kind of start to the SOC 2 adventure or the SOC 2 experience, as I hear clients call it, uh, is, is you want to get that initial type 2 report out kind of as, as quickly as possible, that you want to be able to demonstrate that these controls have been operating effectively. Um, so there, there isn't a minimum and there's not a maximum. It, it is flexible. It's, again, what is of use to the users of that report. Is, is how you define the scope period. And it is a management decision. It's not an auditor saying you have to have X months. Right. Um, so what, what you see a lot is, yeah, we're gonna do a quick kind of short period type two to get that first report out the door and then get into a 12 month cadence to kind of keep the, you know, the, the report active. Uh, I, I could quite honestly see that shifting. I, I could see customers wanting shorter uh, you know, more kind of timely information uh, out of a type two report. But but right now, it's just kind of where the, the state of, of kind of the best practice standards. Right, right. Understood. Um, it, you know, it does bring up an interesting point, which is you, you talked about who your clients are um, and, and businesses in general. Like this, this exercise doesn't come without cost to the business, both financial costs and time costs. As, as everyone can probably imagine. Um, you know, you, you have to pay somebody to help you get ready, whether that be internal staff or somebody like Harbor Technology Group to do, do readiness work um, to get you ready for the SOC 2 stuff. Um, and then you have to pay an auditor like Mike and, and, and his firm, um, or Mike and your firm. Um, the, all, of the, all of these come with the cost. And it's not because this is a, a money-making opportunity, although we're all in business to make money. It's just takes time. There's an effort uh, associated with all of this. It could be a big, massive undertaking for a, for a company to do this annually. Like, you know, a yearly cost of twenty thousand dollars, and I'm not suggesting that's what mm -hmm. the standard cost is, but um, 
let's say that it is twenty thousand dollars. That's 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 not that's not that's a small sum. Now, um, as I've heard it explained, and I would I would advise our clients about it. If your business is tied to this, twenty thousand dollars of I'm quoting the air here marketing costs of 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 getting compliant or a test having somebody come in and test to your sock to type to is well worth the investment because it's if your if your competitors are doing it then you have to do it as well like it's almost like it's an you and I were talking about it beforehand it it has reached this point of really everybody is going to be going through this exercise right yeah, and, well, and a, and, a, and a big reason, as I said, is everybody's going through this. Well, as one, information security is really important right now. It is, it is a huge focus area. Well, and I guess two is it kind of started with the larger companies that are SOC 2 compliant, and they, you know, they want their the people they're working with to be SOC 2 compliant. So it's kind of spread uh, through the marketplace. But I, I would also say kind of with where kind of the technology tools uh, associated with compliance now, it is much less of a lift internally uh, to be able to do it. So now that now today, if you're, you know, if you're smart and do make, make good decisions and set up the program correctly and are accountable to it, you're operating a security program. You're not operating a compliance program. Uh, and, and so that, you know, you have someone that's holding you accountable to things, but at least in theory, these are things you wanted to be doing anyways. It's and and then instead of constantly putting out fires and reacting as so many you know security teams are because of you know just thin resources, right. you have this framework to kind of make decisions and communicate up and down throughout the organization. Um, so there is definitely some value to to having that, I believe. Oh, for sure, for sure, and 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 you 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 touched on it there, which is. I think this is becoming more, and you even said it before we got on this call or uh, we got on this podcast, that in the last six months, you've really seen this desire or this need for SOC 2 to, has accelerated. Um, the good news is because security has been such a problem for all businesses, big and small, for the last decade, security programs aren't nearly as, um, uh, they're not nearly as immature as they used to be. They're, they're much more mature. So taking those couple of steps that it takes to get to SOC 2 is not nearly as uh, a heavy, as big a heavy lift as it was even three years ago. I mean, companies are just doing more on the security space, training people, doing pen tests, writing policy, uh, doing risk assessments. Um, so that all, not that it makes it easy, it's probably the wrong word, but makes getting SOC 2 much more achievable and much more realistic. And you pointed out something super important that I'm going to, you know, steal from you, so to speak. Um, it, it, SOC 2 really should be looked at just an extension of your security program, not a compliance effort, because it's really not a compliance thing. It's, it's an auditor coming in and attesting that you have a security program in place and that you, you are abiding by the security program that you've developed. And the security programs appropriate appropriate for your business, right? Absolutely. And there are certainly things that it, it, you know feel annoying or feel painstaking mm -hmm. um, with you know with any exercise that has some administrative headache. But um, what what uh, oh where was I going with that? Um, at the at the end of the day, as I said, it, this is all built around customer commitments. You're doing the things that you're telling your customers that you're doing. 
Um, and so I, the overwhelming majority of my clients say like, wow, we were a lot closer to SOC 2 than I realized. Right. And it's like, well, of course, because you're doing what you say you're doing. Like if there was a gap, that to me is a pretty big deal. Like that term is thrown around pretty loosely in the industry of, of a control gap. To me, that's like, well, you're not doing what you say you're doing. That's an issue. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people figure out they have a control gap before they get to the audit stage, because somebody's taken advantage of that control gap and breached their system or hacked their users or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, that's super interesting, super interesting. Um, so inside of SOC 2, we're just shifting gears a little bit um, mm -hmm. because I think we've established kind of the, the makeup of SOC 2, why it's become a thing inside the industry. Um, what, what kind of, what are the underpinnings to SOC 2? I think some some folks get confused with the, the five categories, like what's required, what isn't. Can you describe those those five areas? I, I know security is one that that's a mandatory for SOC 2. It's the, it's the, the measurement. Why don't you describe it instead of me trying? Sure, sure. So I, it's, again, when, when, the, when the service was developed, there's this concept uh, that, I, that I think what, what was intended was that, you know, the customers would communicate, hey, we want you to get security and availability, because those are the two areas that we worry about. And that's what we want you to have covered in your SOC 2. How it's played out for the most part is SOC 2 means security. And that's, that's kind of the baseline. It's called the common criteria. You have to get security to get SOC 2. The other additional criteria that you can add in are just the different aspects, again, of operating a, an information security program. So it's processing integrity, you know, how, how well your system is able to process data. Um, availability, you know, how are your resources? Uh, what, what is your backup plans look like? How do you do, do capacity planning to make sure that your services meet your SLAs and uptime requirements? Uh, confidentiality. How you know? How are you uh, maintaining the confidentiality of your customer and your internal data? Uh, privacy, which privacy is a big deal. Privacy is a heavy lift. There is a lot of criteria and pieces that go along with that. Um, I can see that kind of growing uh, over over the years, but right now you don't hear about it a lot, probably because of the cost and the time that it takes to do it. Um, but so it's it's just a little just a way to kind of enhance the. Uh, Enhance what you're being audited against, uh, I guess, would be the, and, and your reporting. So, and, and when you say something like availability as one of the categories being audited against, it's not to say that there aren't availability requirements in the basic security setup. This is just an advanced level of, of review or diligence in looking how somebody is uh, going about making sure data and systems are available, right? Because security does touch on integrity and availability and confidentiality, um, because that's kind of the mantra of security in general, out, even outside of SOC 2. This is just above and beyond. And that's why privacy might be more difficult because it's it's kind of an outlier to security itself. It's not as core to security. That's exactly, that, that's, a, that's a really great point. Yes, that, that, and, and privacy in a lot of ways is a, a legal exercise yeah. uh, as much of a you know, technology people process. Uh, it's just making sure that you meet all of those regulatory requirements. Um, and I think that, that just your question is something that gets confusing a lot because you can have SLAs, you can have availability requirements um, that you're expected, required to meet, that doesn't mean you have to hire an auditor 
to you know to be able to prove it unless you have a customer that's that's asking for that. Right. Um, kind of the other, I, I had a client a few months ago that commented, we want to, we're going to add a load balancer because that will allow us to get availability. Like, it, it, and I explained like, no, that's, that's not how this works. There, there's not a level of availability, like uh, maturity that you have to reach. It's just, we would, you know, if you didn't have that load balancer, we would communicate what you have. I would audit against that and your customers could provide feedback and may have a, I mean, may have an issue with the load balancer, but at least you're able to kind of have an open conversation about it. Right. And that's, that's where you're that's going back to what you said earlier, which I, you know, I, in fact, I think I forget at times, this is not a, it's not absolutely prescriptive when it comes to SOC 2, right? It's, it's, it's uh, it's not a recipe. It's not add this, add this, add this, and out comes SOC two. You don't add a load balancer because that's going to get you to the availability uh, attestation, right? I, I like I like the brush your teeth analogy, and I <laughs> and I like the menu uh, or right. the recipe, yeah. the recipe, right? Uh, not the, not a food group, a recipe. <laughs> it's uh, so be, being an auditor within this service really challenging is that there is a ton of judgment that goes into what's adequate. Uh, if you kind of take a hardline stance that you have to do XYZ to pass my test, um, which is not in, in any way how I have kind of designed the, the, the way that my, my firm provides the service. It's really built on, okay, what are, what, are your, what are the customer commitments that you have? And then we kind of have this framework to evaluate, make decisions prioritize kind of what, you know, what is in place today, what we would like to enhance as we're presenting this new lens into the uh, environment for your customers. Uh, and then what we want to do down the road, uh, that it, it becomes a, a decision-making tool. And, and what my focus is going to be is the report's going to be accurate. Like that's going to be like my core focus. It's going to meet service commitments, but a lot of customers they don't have very specific, uh, you know, demands requirements. Unfortunately, I wish that was different. Um, but that's that's how I'm going to audit, and then I'm going to help. You know, what what are areas that we can mature uh, that customers might have comments and feedback on if they read the report? It's amazing. <laughs> that's right. Well, I read a lot of them. They get a little dry at times. Uh, it's yeah, you know, I've I've been thinking about slipping jokes and pictures and, and <laughs> That's maybe right, videos, little Easter eggs in there, right? uh, yeah. into these. Yeah, exactly. Well, so um, you know how uh, well laid plans go. I had this whole list of things that I wanted to talk to Mike about, but being conscious of his time. I'm going to ask you back for another one, if that's okay, Mike, because um, I would like to talk about what the process looks like. Um, so you, you know, listeners will have to tune in for for episode two on um, on SOC two to learn more about the mechanics of it all. But I think we I think we really hit on the the high points of what SOC two is, the little nuance difference. Not nuance. It's it's quite a big difference between type one and type two. Um, kind of the, the five components that make up or could make up uh, an attestation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think that's a good stopping point and we'll come back to the process if you're willing to do one down the road. I, I, I think that would be awesome. I would, I would have one, one request is yes, if sir. you would reach out to listeners and ask for, for questions. That tends to sure. be a really good forum. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Working that's great. This. That's, we haven't done that, but that, that might be a good idea. Yeah. 
Let's uh, let's do that. Um, that sounds great. All right, perfect. So uh, as we end every podcast, and since you're going to be on another one, you're going to have to come up with two. Um, one now, one later. Uh, so we, being Harbor Technology Group, very water focused, so to speak. Uh, we always ask our, our guests to provide a good place on the beach you like to go, place on the water you like to go, a harbor you like to go, uh, and someplace there that we might get a beer or a burger. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't touch on this, but my firm is headquartered in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. So not, not exactly a lake and beach town. Um, <laughs> and I also don't get out very much. So uh, not, not a super simple question to answer. However, I am traveling to the Ozarks uh, next month. And, Outstanding. Oh, and no, I don't watch the show. Uh, but there are, Jason Bateman has some pictures kind of throughout the town. Uh, and I, I'd honestly, the best thing about that town is the food. I, like it, it, there, it is kind of just cool little, uh, it, it's just a lot of just kind of various name, various cool names and shanties and, and, uh, you know, but in pretty much every place we go, it seems like have wonderful food. That's, so, so is that some place that you go on a regular basis? So my parents have a, uh, have a condo, um, timeshare. And yeah. so, yeah, they, they get us there. It's, it's my, my daughter's birthday is actually what we've kind of built the trip around the last few years. That's uh, amazing. So that's what's in June. That's amazing. And I will say that's the first, uh, time anybody's mentioned the Ozarks, uh, on the show. So that's great. Uh, we're, we, we intend to have a map where, uh, all, all these spots are pinned, but we just haven't gotten there yet. Sure. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, Mike. Well, Really appreciate it. Look forward to another episode, uh, record another episode with you down the road. Um, really appreciate your time. Awesome. Super fun. Look forward to it. Thanks, man. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 